Designcast Podcast, the podcast for design and STEAM educators. Hello and welcome to Designcast, a podcast where I interview a wide range of excellent guests in design and STEAM education to get their unique perspectives. My name is Jason Reagan and I use my 20 plus years of experience as a design educator to dig deep into complex issues. This podcast has one simple mission, to create a community of people around the world that are interested in design and STEAM education. Each episode, I chat with guests from all corners of the design world, from classroom teachers to authors and even to educational consultants. We discuss a wide range of topics that we feel are relevant today. I do want to ask you that if you're enjoying this podcast, please leave a review, rate, subscribe, share, or download from your favorite podcasting app. This helps the podcast get discovered by listeners that might not find it otherwise. Also, it helps me to continually define the direction of future guests and episodes. Feel free to drop by my website, www.jasonreagan.ga, to leave me a comment or to sign up to be considered as a future guest on future episodes. Also, don't forget to stop by Anchor and leave me a voice clip that could even end up in an upcoming show. Thanks for listening. So let's get to it. On this episode of DesignCast, I had the distinct pleasure of speaking to Heather Catchpole. Heather is the co-founder and head of content for Careers with STEM, publisher Refraction Media. You will certainly enjoy hearing all about her work supporting STEM education. We talk about a whole host of topics and I'm confident that you will find some amazing insight in what she shares. You can find all of Heather's contact information on the show notes. As always, check out the Goodreads shelf to find books shared on this podcast. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy this chat with Heather Catchpole. Welcome back to another episode of DesignCast, and I'm so pleased today to talk to Heather Catchpole. Heather, how are you today? I'm great. Thanks, Jason, for having me. It is such a pleasure to talk to you. And Heather, if people don't know who you are, could you just introduce yourself for just a moment to let everyone kind of know who you are and, and, and what you're doing at the moment? Yeah, so my name is Heather Catchpole, and I uh, run a website called careerstem.com. We distribute free magazines to high school students, videos, a whole bunch of material, basically inspiring kids about the future of STEM. And I've been running that business for about eight years. Fantastic. And I really do admire the work that you've been doing. I've been following it for quite some time now. And thank you for agreeing to chat with me today. And so, Heather, if you don't mind, could you tell me a little bit about how you got involved in education and, and STEM? Yeah, so I was born into uh, STEM. I didn't really have much of a choice. But my parents are both maths teachers. So I grew up in a very sciencey family. I was the black sheep, always wanting to, you know, be a writer and be an artist and get away from science. But I, you know, from day one, I could see how, how amazingly applicable science was to the world. My parents both worked in bushfire 
research and, you know, America and Australia both there, you know, bushfires are such a huge problem. So they were working on the maths of bushfires. I just thought that was so totally cool. I ended up studying science, but moving into science journalism. I've always had a, just a passion for education. And, you know, as I say now, I'm, I'm kind of working in STEM education, but I, I've just always been really interested about how we can work to kind of move education forward and move STEM education particularly into that next next big phase as we face multiple challenges like global warming and the rise of AI and this, you know, really, really changing world and huge population, you know, how we can better prepare our next generation for the future. Absolutely. Yeah. And I see here that you're from Southern Tasmania. You're not there now though, are you? Yes. Hi, oh, wow. Hi from the cool. other side of the world. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Is it cold right now? It sure is. <laughs> I can only imagine. Yeah. It's just starting to warm up here in South Korea. So it's, yeah, definitely the different side of the world. So that's so cool. So Heather, thank you. That's awesome to hear how you've been in and out of, of STEM education for, for as long as you have. And so can you tell me a little bit about the different organizations you work Work with because I know you have numerous publications and media outlets that you work with. Can you give us a little bit of an overview of that? Yeah, I started working for the National Science Agency here on a kids science mag, Scientrific, which was a really cool way to you know hop into my my first job. I've been working on websites and magazines, interactive media in in STEM most of my life as a science writer and across a bunch of organizations. I worked for a magazine called Cosmos, which was like the Vanity Fair of science publishing, really rich, lush, uh, beautiful National Geographic style articles. And it was there that I met my future business partner. She and I ended up getting made redundant when the business changed hands. And over a pub meal, we decided that we had the, the complementary skills and the talents to start a business together. And that's how we started Refraction Media and the Careers with STEM brand. It's awesome. And it seems like your Refraction Media has so many different arms and different you know, fingers in the pie. So what other kinds of things do you guys do? Yeah, so we do uh, education resources. We've done everything from, you know, writing the curriculum content for agricultural robots to exploring the physics of a nuclear reactor. So we work with different organizations to create content for teachers and students. We also create, you know, digital content, everything from, you know, virtual expeditions and and VR technology to websites, animations and, and things like that all generally for the education audience and all, you know, focusing on cool different STEM, you know, topics and areas. How do you connect with with students and teachers? Do you go into schools? Do you work at more of the like district or ministry level? Or how do you connect with the different organizations? Yeah, we, we work at both the national and state level. We work uh, predominantly in Australia, New Zealand and the United States. So for different countries, we've taken different approaches. With the US, it's more on a kind of state-by-state basis, but we try and connect with national organizations who have shared interests. For example, in America, that was the National Libraries Association. So it was a really good way to, you know, get education content out to teachers and students. Teachers were coming in for workshops and things like that. We connect with government programs and national education departments to let them know what we're doing. We even go into schools and do uh, events and workshops in schools or, or outreach, basically every possible avenue you can, because, you know, 
teachers are time poor and you, you have to go where they are to, to make a, a difference to them. Most certainly. That's why I asked the question was I was just curious kind of how you connected with your audience and, you know, found out what their, what their needs are and, and that sort of thing. So just shifting gears a little bit, why do you feel it's important to support STEM programs and educators? Yeah, so I think there's a massive disconnect between STEM in schools and STEM in the economy. You know, kids are learning curriculum STEM content, which, you know, and then they're going out and being told that they need to be cybersecurity specialists. I mean, no one is really teaching that sort of thing in schools. There's such a a, a big gap between kind of what you do with STEM and what you learn and how you learn STEM in schools. So, you know, by working directly with industry and also working with schools, we're trying to sort of bridge that gap and say, well, look, you know, STEM is is much more than you think. A lot of kids uh, leave STEM really, really early, 13 and 14. So they've only got that first couple of years of experience of what it is. So we're trying to get to those kids and say, look, you know, you might be into music and sports and fashion and, you know, all of these different areas. But did you know that STEM has this huge role to play in that and that, you know, there's a way to kind of connect your interests with the STEM area. So we call it STEM plus X, where STEM, where X is kind of the kid's interest or another field or, or a different area and, you know, combining those with STEM to, to say, hey, look, you know, STEM is relevant to you and to your world and to what you're doing. I like that plus X. I've never heard it quite put that way. So that's a great qualifier. I really like that. It helps me think that even even better. And hopefully I can advocate for that more by thinking of it that way. That's awesome. And you're right. I mean, parents and and even some teachers don't fully understand all of the various avenues and layers that there are to STEM. So I think that's really great that you're able to highlight that and to help bring about an awareness of that in the community. So thank you for all the hard work that you've been doing with that. Thanks, Jason. Thanks. (laughs) So in thinking about that as a business person, what have been some challenges for you in your current role? Yeah, so I think, you know, teachers will kind of connect with this capacity as a really big challenge always. We're a small organization and, you know, we're trying to be a, an international business. So we, we connect a lot with different contractors to try and upscale and to try and, you know, grow the business as we need. I think, you know, you're right about kind of connecting with educators. I think that's a really good point. You know, the way that what's going on at the coalface, that's always a really big challenge to connect with students and educators and get that information about you know, what they need and how they're using things and that, you know, you know, the, the whole premise of design thinking is user experience, right? And like connecting with your user and making sure that what you're doing is is the best thing for them. So it's just kind of, yeah, keeping keeping touch and also making sure that we, you know, we can scale up as we need to, to approach different challenges. Absolutely. I, I feel like that STEM is is the one area where you constantly have to be evolving and being flexible and changing and pivoting constantly. It's almost like the the only thing that's constant is that it's not constant. <laughs> so I think that definitely it's always moving. And so yeah, I, I totally agree with you. It sounds like we are kindred spirits when it comes to that. So what is your vision for STEM education in Australia, but also globally? What do you feel? Where do we feel we should go? I spent, like you say, you know, 2020 was the year of the pivot. And I spent 2020 doing a whole bunch of hackathons, which was like a massively rewarding experience. I love the idea of taking that way of approaching problems and approaching learning into schools. So getting kids to think about, you know, iterating on their ideas and having lots and lots of ideas and having a bad idea brainstorm and going, you know, the really kind of fun ways about approaching problem solving, because I think we need to teach this next generation to, you know, 
to think through things differently rather than, you know, ticking off the, the massive amount of content that you need to get through on the curriculum. So, uh, you know, the curriculum, like it has a place, it has a use, but I love the idea of, you know, can we take, you know, a different way of kind of t teaching kids to just connect with the problem and bring their own beautiful ideas into into those solutions. I couldn't agree with you more. I will say that Australia's national curriculum to me is one of the more nimble and one of the more responsive to what the current needs are in in STEM. And I wouldn't say that for some, but I would certainly say that the the most recent ACARA version, we actually ad adapted quite a few of the standards for my own school, which is an independent school. And so we found it to be very responsive to our needs. Not everything, but a lot of it was really tailored for that. And so do you have any interaction with sort of like the on the standards and benchmarks level at all? Yeah, we, we definitely work with ACARA and also the people who have contributed, particularly with the digital technology curriculum, which has just grown over the last couple of years and is now being rolled out at different times in different states. And I, I, I agree. I think, you know, that was a, just a really great data-focused fantastic initiative and I mean you know probably a couple of years too late but good to have it and good to be um, focusing on that they're now revisiting science which I think is terrific I would love to see more kind of design and design sort of technology type content in the curriculum as well and see that kind of being used more to connect with what people are doing in the real world and to connect with careers like that you know it's funny in australia we're all we're always looking to new zealand and saying hey new zealand's got it even more you know <laughs> they're doing they're doing better so yeah yeah they were, um, that's 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 how we are everyone competes right <laughs> that's it but they've um, they've got some really great digital technologies plus first nations activities mm. and i know there's a lot of maori medium schools so i think there's a lot of work that we could do to integrate indigenous uh, perspectives in our curriculum in australia could not agree with you more i think that that actually could be used anywhere but definitely in places such as australia new zealand the us canada yes. <laughs> places like that yeah. with first nation people it's it's definitely something that i think is starting to become more in, in the discussion, part of the dialogue, where it wasn't even five, 10 years ago. So I think it's really great that it's becoming part of the discussion. I think there's so much that could be done. I do think that there's a lot that has been done, which is great. So what are you really, really excited about in STEM at the moment? Yes. Oh, man, this is a hard question, Jason. I was like, oh, gee, I'm so, you know, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm working on growing diversity in tech. And I actually find that that's where I get the most exciting kind of content is looking at, say, you know, usability and disability products and services and things like that. And that always really fascinates me and makes me think of the world in a different way. I'm kind of deep diving into artificial intelligence at the moment because there's a lot of fear about, you know, AI and automation and how it's going to change our world. But there's also some really interesting, you know, growth areas in that. But yeah, personally, having moved down to Southern Tasmania recently, I'm also interested in, you know, just increasing sustainability, what we can do in, in, in STEM and teaching STEM and sustainability here. There's a really cool school here. It's a rural school, quite small, but they won the Global Renewable Energy Prize uh, a couple of years ago, 100,000 bucks. So really, you know, major prize just by focusing on how they could, you know, go about reinvigorating renewable energy in the community here. And I just think, you know, how cool that a, a rural school like this can inspire kids and then, then they can get the money to build their own STEM program. So I'm really excited about, you know, about that next generation and 
what they're going to do. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And it seems to me that Tasmania in particular is really focused a lot on sustainability. Is it, am I yeah. am I catching that correctly, or 100, is that hundred <laughs> percent renewable energy? So they you know they've smashed those renewable energy targets, and compared to the other states, that's that's a that's a big difference. So it's it's all renewable energy here, which is great. And they're talking about getting to two hundred percent in the next couple of years and exporting all of that renewable energy up to the mainland as well. Wow. Very cool. So that's a great place to be for the business that you're in to be able to get some really neat inspiration. Yeah. Get people excited about STEM innovation, grow some new businesses, you know, grow some digital businesses down here and, you know, grow some kind of sustainability and and science businesses too. Sure. That's awesome. So Heather, thank you so much. This is super interesting. And so could you tell me one book that you would suggest everyone stop right now and read? I'd have to say Dark Emu by Bruce Pascoe. It's a really great example of, you know, just how if you look for it, you can find such amazing examples of Indigenous STEM, such great technology and, and engineering and science that's been going 40, 60,000 years in this country. A lot of it's been swept under the carpet and Dark Emu is a really eye-opening exposure of, of you know, what amazing STEM has gone into our deep Australian past. Super cool. And I really do admire what Australia is doing. I know that everyone knows they could be doing more, but I feel like there's so much going on there. I'm an AFL fan and to see the amount of the the way they're embracing First Nation in in their uniforms and everything at the moment is is really inspiring. And I wish that everyone would kind of notice those kinds of things as well. Yeah, it's, it's really good. So that's great, Heather. I have a good reads bookshelf and I'll make sure that that book ends up on there as part of the guest collection. Fantastic. Yeah. And so this has just been so great to talk to you, Heather. Thank you so much for your time. And so can I ask if people want to get in touch with you and find out more about your work, what's the best way for them to do that? Yes. At Careers with STEM on across all channels, we'll, we'll find us, you know, we're, we're even on TikTok. So just look for Careers with STEM or if anybody wants to connect with me personally, I'd love to hear about your STEM programs, what you're doing, connect and find out more. My personal Twitter is at HCatchpole. Very cool. Thank you so much, folks. You need to be following Heather. She's got some great stuff out there. And I cannot wait to start digging into the careers with STEM stuff that you're doing. I think that it's such a great uh, cause. And of course, I'm a little biased, but I do think it's super important that we're definitely doing this kind of thing. So Heather, thank you so much for spending time with me today. I really do appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day and that we were able to make time to chat together. So thank you so much. Thanks, Jason. Great chatting. I hope you enjoyed that episode of DesignCast. I'm Jason, your host, and I produced and created this podcast. If you have any input, I would love to hear from you. And I look forward to seeing you again really soon. Jason here from DesignCast, and I am just so pleased that you're here listening to DesignCast. I really appreciate all the feedback everyone's been giving me. It's been so fantastic to hear it, and it just really inspires me to continue going. Of course, making this week on week is difficult. If you feel so inclined, of course, there is no pressure. I would love it if you would take part in helping to support this podcast. And so I'm using a website called Buy Me a Coffee, and there are a couple different ways you can give. 
give. One is you can give a one-time gift. And then also there are monthly gifts that you can give. And by doing that, you will receive some services from me. Number one, you'll be part of Signcast Support Family. Also, there are different levels within that. So head on over to buymeacoffee.com slash designcast and you can find out more about the different ways you can support me. I am so excited to announce the launch of a new podcast network called DNA Podcast Network. The Design Network Alliance, or DNA, was founded by Evo Hanan and myself as a result of DesignCast number 16. We talked all about the need to connect design educators globally. DNA is a collective group of like-minded design educators from around the world. We have one simple mission, to connect design and STEAM educators with each other and with designers that want to make a difference in design education to make it better for future generations. The DNA Podcast Network is a hub for podcasts that cover the topics around design, design and technology, design thinking, STEAM, and STEM education. If you are interested in hearing more great content, head over to www.dnapodcastnetwork.ga today. Click on the thumbnail of the podcast that you want to hear and enjoy. If you have any other podcasts that you enjoy that cover similar topics, please feel free to get in touch with me and let me know so that I can look at adding them to the network. Finally, spread the word. Share with your network and your PLN and use the hashtag DNA Podcast Network. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. We will see you on the next episode.